are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome in, everybody, to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. I am your host, Kate Madjuke. You can follow me on Twitter at FFFallBlast. I am joined, as always, by my awesome co-host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. How's it going, Marcus? It's going well, Kate. The uh, The 2020 season is officially over, and that means it's time for Dynasty players to shine, right? We're in the, officially into the offseason. It's time to make some trades, uh, restock your rosters, and get ready for the draft. I'm so excited. Oh, it is time to... to stir some stuff up let's yeah. let's get your leagues rolling uh let's get some movement i this is one of my favorite times of the year because i mean this is all uh pure speculation all, all of these moves that we're making right now they're all speculative moves but honestly that that is the best time to make your moves uh it really truly is like playing the stock market you want to be ahead of the game so you've got to get yourself into prediction mode but we did. We closed out the 2020 NFL season with Super Bowl 55. I want to talk a little bit about Super Fo- Super Bowl 55. We'll talk about the dynasty impact for, mm. for some of those assets there. Um, and then I think we should get into our rookie of the day. Do you want to tell the audience who our rookie of the day is? Uh, yeah, it's somebody the dynasty community has been excited about for several years now. Rondale Moore from Purdue, one of the best freshman receivers we've ever seen. I'm really, really excited to get into this conversation, Kate. Really good stuff coming your way. Everybody, please give the fo- the show a follow at Locked On Dynasty. Be sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast. It means a lot. Helps everybody else find the show. So, without further ado, let's talk some Super Bowl. Let's do it. Let's talk some Super Bowl. All right. So, I, I have to wonder. My my pick the entire time it was the Bucks. I said, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be the one to doubt uh, Tom Brady. I, I just I can't do it anymore. I can't deny it. He's too good. We knew Mahomes wasn't healthy. Uh, interestingly enough, heading into this game, everybody did say. Mahomes is close to 100%, but then we get the news yesterday that Mahomes is probably going to require uh, off-season toe surgery on that turf toe injury. So that's kind of interesting because I'm not sure how you're you're simultaneously almost 100% but also requiring surgery. Yeah, it's not great. Um, I'm not worried about it from a from a dynasty perspective, but it it was not great to to not see Mahomes at 100. percent And with the offensive line being as banged up as it was, you know, the Chiefs really didn't have a chance. And we saw that pretty early in the game, right, Kate? It was it took about a quarter to see. Oh yeah, this this Chiefs team isn't the same as what we saw earlier in the season, and that's really unfortunate. It, it definitely is unfortunate, but the loss of Eric Fisher is huge. And then yeah. just look at the strength of the Bucks' defensive line and their linebacker core. I mean, you couldn't look at uh, Patrick Mahomes without a swarm <laughs> of Bucks just absolutely uh, glued all over all over his little pocket area. Um, it was it was tough to watch because you know I I think. Uh, Though maybe he was he was able to move around, we saw him have a, a couple of nice runs early on. Mahomes definitely was not Mahomes yesterday. This yeah. was 
the most like, human we've seen him look. It, I, I'm sure Tom Brady could relate because, you know, we saw in Super Bowls before, you know, against the Giants where they had that four-man pass rush that was just killing his offensive line, and there was nothing that Brady could do, and he would score, I think, what, 14 points in that first Super Bowl against the Giants. So uh, I'm sure Brady across the sideline could relate, but I'm sure he is very, very happy with uh, it. It was Mahomes and not him. I I would absolutely say that. Uh, a couple of other quick takeaways. We have Tom Brady, who did say, as he was accepting his MVP award, that he does plan to return for the 2021 season. He says, we're coming back. Oh, we're coming back. I, uh, I, I think this is probably one of the more interesting moves for uh, players in uh, super flex leagues because the value of Tom Brady is so, so in limbo. Um, you know, you, you saw him come out, play very efficiently yesterday. Is Tom Brady a guy that uh, you're looking to acquire in win-now situations? <laughs> While there's still – I feel like there's still going to be some question marks about him regardless of, of what he says right now. Um, this might be the time to buy if you're looking to, uh, you know, get a, a win-now quarterback in that sort of super flex or two-quarterback league. What do you, what are you doing with Tom Brady? <laughs> this is insane because you know thirty or ten years ago at age what thirty three thirty four there was a lot of people saying that the the cliff was coming for Tom Brady, <laughs> and that's not the case. He looks better than ever. Um, but no, I'm not looking to acquire him right now. I, I mean, I know he had a fantastic season this year, but he just doesn't give you a lot of rushing upside. I think now that he's got the Super Bowl in his back pocket in Tampa Bay. They're going to do some things in the regular season next year to make sure that he's healthy for the playoffs. Uh, he's probably not going to need to rack up every single one-yard touchdown like he got this season. Uh, I think those will start to go to the running back. So if I have him and somebody wants to blow me away with the trade-off for sure, but I'm not actively looking to go out and acquire him. All right, and I, I do want to talk about a couple of players who may have seen an increase or decrease in their dynasty value Uh Bruce Arians returning to the game. Uh, he he. There's some rumors and speculation pregame that he might also retire if he had won a Super Bowl. Uh, does his return to Tampa Bay uh, make you eager to buy any of these questionable assets? They had a lot of players on one-year deals. Uh, do you think they're going to get the whole gang together if if Tom Brady's back, Bruce Arians is back? Do they try to just, you know, I, I think I had mentioned it before, like get get Chris Godwin on like a two-year, uh, you know, maybe $30 million deal or something, something in that ballpark. He might be asking for a little bit more, but uh, what do you, what are your thoughts? Is Are they going to get the whole gang back together? I, I do think they're going to ultimately franchise Chris Godwin and try to keep him around for another year. I wouldn't be surprised if they bring Antonio Brown back. I think Gronkowski's going to come back but the guy that I'm buying Kate is Mike Evans uh, I just think he wasn't healthy all season long uh, we know what he can do in a Bruce Arians offense I think you give him one more year one more offseason with Tom Brady you're going to see him be even better next year this is somebody who is just rock solid every single year is going to get you a thousand yards and close to double digit touchdowns Evans 27 is going to turn 28 in August maybe some dynasty owners are looking to get off of him for somebody else uh, I'm buying. So Evans is the guy that I'm re really going to try to get this offseason. 
I absolutely love that. Mike Evans is a guy, even when he he struggled through the season, they looked for him continuously in the end zone to help save your fantasy value. Love it. We're going to take a quick break, and then I want to talk about a couple of players that uh, saw some dynasty value impact in Super Bowl 55. We'll be right back. When it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as the feeling of accomplishment of hitting your fitness goals and feeling great about yourself. Luckily, Echelon is here to help us meet our fitness goals. They have an arsenal of high-tech fitness products at prices anyone can afford from their bikes, rowers, to their Reflect Fitness mirrors. There are so many affordable choices. Their world-class instructors will motivate you with thousands of daily live and on-demand studio-level classes always available if you need them. If you're like me and need a little extra kick in the butt, there's nothing better than having their world-class instructors there, literally in my living room, to help me challenge myself and meet my fitness goals. Right now, you can try any Echelon Fitness equipment at home for 30 days risk-free. Go to echelonfit.com slash locked on. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash locked on and let them know we sent you there. And with Echelon's help, we can start to crush our fitness goals. Again, that's echelonfit.com slash locked on. All right, everybody, welcome back into the show. Let's continue our discussion on Super Bowl 55. Not a ton to talk about because this was not the offensive powerhouse game that all of us had hoped and and prayed for uh, for these last two weeks since we knew the matchup. Um, but there's there's some players that I think may have uh, boosted their stock, uh, dropped their stock. One of the guys I want to talk about is what about Ronald Jones? So I, I'm a little concerned about Ronald Jones and his his not necessarily uh, specific uh, you know value in, in terms of what he did in the game yardage wise, but team turned over a ball on fourth down because uh, Ronald Jones had three hmm. rushing attempts. I believe it was within the, the six-yard line uh, and failed to convert the touchdown. Uh, then they ended up using a challenge on that play. Turns out it, Ronald Jones, in fact, did not get the touchdown. Is there any part of you that worries what Bruce Arians is going to, to have to say about Ronald Jones? We already know he's he's – uh, had some fumblies. He's had uh, some time on the bench for those fumblies. They seem to like Leonard Fournette. W- what does this Super Bowl mean, uh, do you think, if anything, for Ronald Jones? All right, so this is me being a bad podcast host right now, Kate, but I <laughs> don't have any strong feelings either way from Ronald Jones. So uh, let's go back to the 2018 draft. I was just never a big fan of Ronald Jones. I just thought he was only okay coming out of USC. Uh, Then he bulked up in the NFL, which I thought was kind of weird. Or excuse me, he cut weight in the NFL to try to get faster. Um, I I don't know. I I feel like he's fine, and he's always going to be somebody who is in and outside of Bruce Arians' doghouse. I'm... If I have him, I'm probably trying to move him. I know the value is not great right now, but I think there's a decent chance that his kind of value completely drops out if Tampa Bay drafts a running back or they bring back Fournette. I I just, I really don't have a strong feeling either way. How do you feel about Ronald Jones? Ronald Jones is a guy that I have not just historically been high on. 
uh, as a prospect, as a running back. In in the sample we've seen, I think we've seen uh, really two two peaks, uh, or maybe one peak and one valley for uh, Ronald Jones. And I don't feel like we've seen a whole ton in between. I feel like he either looks really good yeah. or he does not. And the lack of consistency there is something that I have a problem with uh, in terms of fantasy value. But I do think that uh, that's going to catch up to him in, in terms of his relationship with Bruce Arians. We've already seen uh, in, in games where he did fumble, you know, was was benched immediately, even when he was looking pretty good. So I don't think he's got everything locked up. And then uh, I, I think I alluded to this before, the the lack of ability of him as a receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's had a lot of opportunities this season to uh, catch balls from the greatest quarterback of all time who loves to dump off the ball. Uh, too many drops for my liking. Um, I'm not I'm not inclined to buy Ronald Jones. Uh, I, I worry about, you know, just the long-term situation. I don't know if, if Tom Brady is going to be banging the drum for him uh, in the season to come, despite the fact that he was actually – uh, a decent fantasy asset this year, racked up uh, 978 yards, uh, seven rushing touchdowns, had had some receiving yards, um, but it, you know I, I'm not I'm not hyped. I'm I'm ready to to throw in the towel. Okay, on, who has more Jones. who has more receiving touchdowns since they entered or since 2018? Ronald Jones or Derrick Henry? <laughs> oh, um, I. I think it has to be Derrick Henry, yeah, right? I'm just yeah, envisioning these screen be passes. You. Yeah, I wouldn't be asking you if it wasn't. It's just <laughs> I can live with a running back not catching a ton of passes if you are absolutely dominating as a runner and you're scoring a bunch of touchdowns. Like the perfect example to me is like Steven Ridley from a couple of years ago or the Garrett Blunt, either running back in New England, right? If you're getting 1,000 yards and 12, 13 touchdowns every single year, I can live with that as an RB2. But when you have, what, 474 yards over the last two years in the passing game uh, for Ronald Jones on teams that have been throwing the ball a ton, it's probably just not going to happen. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm just probably out on Ronald Jones. Yeah, I think the volume is just not there. And, I mean, let's look at the fact he did – he had two more targets this season than he did in 2019. Um, it, it feels like he had much more, but I think it's uh, – I think it feels uh, so out of tune because he just – he was so much less efficient with the targets that he did have. Um, he had only 5.9 yards per reception. Uh, not fantastic. So – uh, not not loving Ronald Jones. How about uh, playoff Lenny? Are we buying into the fact that he might get uh, a contract either with the Bucks, or do you think maybe his playoff performance has earned him a contract somewhere else? This one's tricky because I could certainly see somebody else in free agency giving him a little bit more money. But I do think with him – Playing with Tom Brady in Tampa Bay and a team he just won the Super Bowl with and already getting a big payday as a rookie, I do think he's going to come back to Tampa Bay. And I think he's going to be just a part of a committee and he's going to be really inconsistent from week to week. And again, the Tampa Bay backfield, that's probably going to be a really productive one when you look at it on paper on the 16-game schedule. But from week to week, it's going to be really frustrating. So... Even though Fournette's only 25 years old, excuse me, 26 years old, uh, again, another running back that I'm probably just out on. 
He's sitting currently uh, on DynastyLeagueFootball.com, sitting as the RB27 in their team rankings, just ahead of James Conner, Raheem Mostert, Zach Moss, Tony Pollard. Uh, there's hmm. there's a few names here, uh, like Alexander Madison, Damian Harris. I think I'd want all of these assets over Leonard Fournette at this point. Uh, but the Damian Harris one is really interesting to me because Fournette, it is suddenly a pass catcher now. I don't know how that happened. You know, and then Harris is the kind of, you know, running back I was just talking about. Somebody who is really effective as a runner, uh, but doesn't get touchdowns and doesn't catch the ball out of the backfield at all. So while Harris is younger, I, I don't know how I feel about that one, Kate. I just, man, running backs like 25 through 35 are just so gross. Really, that's my takeaway. <laughs> I mean, it's it's really sort of a, a roll at the dice uh, at that point. And I think when you're looking at running backs in that range, it's really all about uh, just assessing situational potential. Yeah. Because a lot of those guys, they do have, you know, similar physical attributes, similar uh, profiles and, and similar ceilings. So it's really just about who who is going to get the carries in your mind. But uh, nonetheless, let's go ahead. We're going to take another quick break, and then I want to talk about Rondale Moore. Yes. Are you ready to try the best-tasting protein bar ever? Look no further than Built Bar. Built Bars are soft, easy to chew, covered in 100% chocolate, and they are great for the health-conscious guy or gal. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat with a low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber option with Built Bar. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors, and six delicious new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, my favorite, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. They've got a flavor for whatever you might be craving. Right now, Built Bar is offering our listeners 20% off of your next order using promo code Locked On. Go check out BuiltBar.com, promo code Locked On for 20% off your next order. Start off this new year right, and let's go ahead and get fit together. And what better way to do so than indulging in a delicious and healthy treat? BuiltBar.com, promo code Locked On. The 2020 NFL season might be a wrap, but there's still plenty of betting to be done. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. There you can bet on all kinds of sports, including football, basketball, baseball, golf, hockey, MMA, soccer, tennis. The options are limitless. Whether you're looking to bet live game lines, player prop bets, or team futures, BetOnline AG has it all. Don't waste another minute and go check out BetOnline.ag and do not forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON so you can get your 50% welcome bonus and you can roll in the cash alongside with us. Again, that's BetOnline.ag, promo code LOCKEDON. All right, everybody, welcome back into the show. Rondale Moore time. We are so excited to continue our rookie profiles. If you've missed any, uh, we did start them last week. So uh, go ahead, rewind your podcast. Go ahead, scroll back. Uh, we, we had some good names, Travis Etienne, Najee Harris. Uh, Jamar Chase was our guy last Thursday. Marcus and I took some time to break him down. But today it's Rondell Moore, who's 
a big question mark, uh, but a very enticing question mark for the dynasty community. Rondell Moore, wide receiver, 5'9", 180 pounds out of Purdue. Uh, He's only 20 years old. But the issue, we have not seen him healthy Mm -mm. uh, in the last two seasons. So really what we're looking at and evaluating for Rondell Moore is what he accomplished as a freshman. But more impressive than that is he was a true freshman uh, in 2018 when he posted just these absolute monstrous stats. Give me just your first impression of Rondell Moore. What are your thoughts? An elite, an elite athlete, despite not being very big. And again, he's probably going to come in at 5'9", maybe 180 pounds. But this is somebody who runs in the legit 4'3s. Uh, he's got just incredible strength as well. Set a bunch of records, uh, you know, for for weightlifting at Purdue, for his uh, bench press, for his deadlifts, for uh, some squats. So uh, great, great athlete. Kate, I'm going to read you some of his freshman stat line uh, just to show you how dy- uh, dynamic he was. Missouri, 11 catches for 137 yards and a touchdown. Boston College, 8 catches for 110 yards and 2 touchdowns. Illinois, 4 catches for 110 yards and a touchdown. Ohio State, 12 catches for 170 yards and 2 touchdowns. Also added in 24 yards and a score on the ground. And a kick return for a touchdown as well in that game. Uh, And then he had a game against Indiana, 12 catches, 141 yards, and two touchdowns. So you're talking about somebody who was 18 years old in the Big Ten, absolutely dominating Ohio State when they had Jeff Okuda and Damon Arnett and Sean Wade, a bunch of guys that are really highly thought of receivers. But, Kate, I'm going to be honest here. This, This one's really tough because you saw it early as a freshman, but only seven games since 2018. These are the type of receivers that I love to watch that I'm probably staying away from in terms of a dynasty perspective because there's just not a lot of 5'9", 180-pound receivers that become fantasy stars. Really, we have Tyreek Hill and any other ones, really? None that are none that are coming to mind for me. Uh, the, the interesting thing, I think, about Rondell Moore, obviously he's got the 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 whole package after the catch everything he does after the catch uh is is monstrous and that has to do with just his overall physical abilities um but rondell moore he's uh he is he's a question mark because of the fact that we just the, the sample size in the last two seasons we we really don't know was his rookie season a fluke it was uh, our rookie season his freshman season um but you know it, it's really hard to draft based on that potential so I think with a guy like Rondell Moore the concern is that you're going to be drafting him at his ceiling um yeah. obviously all the physical attributes are there I'm going to give you a couple of uh, uh some numbers here as a true freshman managed 1472 scrimmage yards 14 touchdowns <laughs> His ranks in the FBS, he ranked 11th in receiving yards. He only had 49 fewer receiving yards than A.J. Brown. Jeez. Jeez. Ranked 8th in receiving touchdowns. He had one more receiving touchdown in the 2018 season than Terry McLaurin, C.D. Lamb, Henry Ruggs, and he tied T. Higgins. (laughs) Uh, Yards after the catch, 
ranked first. He led the FBS with 37 avoided tackles. Next on the list uh, was LaVisca Chenault, who I believe had 29. This dude is a monster. But uh, what what do you make of his health? So I I, I don't think the question is really uh, what what physically can he accomplish, but uh, I think the is the biggest question for you uh, health? Is it uh, just you know what is the biggest question? Yeah, I think health is a big one. I also think the role because I think there, <laughs> it's going to be really difficult to project where he goes in the draft because some teams will believe that he's a Tavon Austin type of receiver, a guy that you get the ball to at or near the line of scrimmage and let him do work that way, while other teams will value him as a deep threat, somebody who stretches the field. And those two roles are very, very different for dynasty players. If you're getting the guy that can take a 60-yard, you know, have a 60-yard bomb down the field and he's playing with Aaron Rodgers, okay, sign me up. But if he's in Washington with Alex Smith and all of his targets are behind the line of scrimmage, and sure, he's the PPR star, but he's just not that efficient, that's where I'm probably out. So I think uh, his landing spot is going to tell us a lot about his his value. I think he's more dependent on his landing spot than some of these other receivers that we're going to talk about, such as Jamar Chase, who we did on a previous show, Rashad Bateman, uh, the wide receiver from Minnesota. I'm just, I'm really curious to see where he lands, Kate. I definitely think this is a player that, uh, you know, it, it really depends on not just the the team and their overall production, but just the the kind of coach that he ends up with. It, does this coach uh, make an effort to get him, uh, you know, into unique situations? Uh, another possible uh, possible plus for Rondale Moore is just his ability to play out of the slot. Slot receivers, uh, you know, if they're if they're used to to move the chains, can be huge PPR machines. Yes, yes. Um, he's just he's so uh, he's he's a versatile player. So really, that that's sort of the question is how is he going to uh, be utilized at the NFL level? And I I don't think we're going to know that until draft day. Yeah, and it also makes me a little bit concerned about his his size for like red zone stuff. Obviously, we want guys that are going to score a bunch of touchdowns traditionally smaller receivers don't fare as well in the red zone. He's going to have to do all of his work down the field. Uh, so is this somebody who is just going to really struggle to, to turn yards into touchdowns or opportunities into touchdowns? I'm not sure. He's a fantastic talent, and I would love for my, my NFL team to have him. I'm just not sure yet how to value him as a dynasty asset. Definitely a tricky one, but like I said, the fear is that you're going to draft him at his ceiling because I think uh, the Dynasty community at large, though we're all, I think, hesitant, we know the ceiling is is probably pretty high mm-hmm. uh, for this guy. So anything else you have for, for our listeners uh, on Rondale Moore or that potential opportunity for dynasty before we close out today's show yeah i mean again he's a fantastic prospect uh just his some of his uh you know player profiler stuff you know 72 percentile dominator rating 99 percentile breakout age target share in the 81st percentile this is a really good prospect and somebody who should go in the first round of the nfl draft 
again, I just think the landing spot is going to be more important here than some of the other receivers we're going to discuss. But if he lands in the back half of the first round and he ends up with a really good quarterback, I could certainly, Kate, see him uh, jumping some of the other receivers in terms of where we draft them in our rookie drafts. If he lands in Green Bay or maybe he goes to Buffalo or Kansas City, okay, now we're going to have a legit discussion about him being ahead of uh, someone like Devontae Smith who may end up with a lesser quarterback. All right, I love it. Everybody, that is it for today's show. Please be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss a show. Don't miss any of these rookie previews. Uh, Please leave us those five-star reviews if you're feeling so generous. Uh, As a reminder, you can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Dynasty. I am your host, Kate Majuk. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. Be sure to follow my awesome co-host, Marcus Mosier, at Marcus underscore Mosier. Uh, And tune in tomorrow where Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell are here to help you build the ultimate dynasty roster uh, every Tuesday and Wednesday. So we're going to see you guys uh, on Thursday and uh, let's go build some dynasties.